This episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by Paraswap. You'll hear more about them later on in this episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. What is up? I am your lovely host. Well, hopefully you think I'm your lovely host, but I am your host, Charlie Shrem. Here at Untold Stories, where twice a week together, we get to dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders, brilliant people, sharpest tools in the shed, brightest crayons on the box to really understand how this movement came to be, where we're, where we are right now and where we're going. We've been spending a bunch of episodes, the past 10 or 15 episodes talking about the industrialization, the institutionalization of mining. We're talking about mining. We've talked to three publicly traded Bitcoin mining companies are doing crazy things, huge, huge scale. They've all said you need 10, 20 million dollars and five-year runways to start. But I'm actually here to tell you that not everyone agrees with that. And there we could flip the script. And today to talk about that, we have John Stephanopoulos, the founder and CEO of FutureBit. FutureBit, first of all, John, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. You develop cryptocurrency hardware solutions, and it's actually, you know you're a real company because when you're doing research, you go on Bitcoin Talk, and there's a lot of people that still have a lot of really good things to say about you because, you know, mining companies, there's always a fear, especially ones that are developing uh, hardware. You provide mining hardware for Bitcoin and Litecoin, develop ASIC mining, uh, mining farms, facility. You help everyone do everything out of your New York office, and your philosophy is a simple one. Uh, on your website, you say every single person should benefit from the extraordinary opportunities blockchains provide. Their goal, And your goal is to provide low-cost, easy-to-use hardware aimed at not just for mining, but educating, spreading awareness, and learning about why this technology is important and, 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 and how it's a revolution. And just you know, quickly browsing screenshots to other customers posted of products of not just the user interface, but it kind of reminds me of, remember when computers first came out in the early PC days, you'd be able to buy this like custom build your own computer, plug it in. The software was all turnkey. And it was where all, you know, your universities, your schools and your, uh, you know, government institutions had computers, but most people didn't. And you needed those type of products to get most people over the hump to get them into mass, you know, mass adoption. So that's what you're doing, John. And that's why I love I'm very excited to be talking to you today. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's you pretty much hit the nail on the head in terms of where where the industry is right now, and in, in terms of where I think we are in, in the cycle of of that mass adoption, uh, especially on the computing side of of Bitcoin. Um, and then, you know, in the early days, Bitcoin did start that way. You know, the whole Bitcoin node and software was all integrated into into you know the computer itself, the laptop. Right, you could when you first download the software, you had the wallet, you had the full node, you had mining. Most was people all don't done. remember that that one right, software yeah. and, and, you downloaded everything. Right, and and that's that's been kind of lost uh, in the past decade. Um, so that is why I founded the company and, and what I'm trying to bring back. Um, you know, Satoshi's original vision was um, one CPU, one vote. Right, that's that's what he said back back then, and that's kind of been lost because that CPU has been outsourced, like you said these huge institutions and farms um, and a lot of new Bitcoin users today uh, don't understand that that is one of the three pillars of, of Bitcoin. Um, you know, there's, there's the wallet, there's the full node and there's mining. And, and a lot of people have 
dismissed mining because like you said, there's no accessible hardware out there. Uh, no one, it's very hard to run one of these huge server grade machines in someone's house. Um, so I founded a company to, to change that and, and to bring accessible hardware back to everyday people and, and be able to participate in, in this, this pillar of Bitcoin that every single person that owns Bitcoin should be participating in. What type of products um, are you selling and, and, and who are your customers? Yeah, so right now our, our core product um, is is the Apollo uh, BTC. So that's this little guy right here. He, you know, fits in my palm. Oh, good. I'm happy you're showing it to yeah. us because now yeah. all the listeners are like, "Shit, I should be watching this episode right now." Yeah. <laughs> I want more people to the YouTube. So what with that that device right there? That's very small compared to right. a traditional one miner in you know a a, a mining farm in Louisiana or West Texas is huge i mean it's one tower is probably the size of i mean this bag or bigger so yeah and then, a tower. And it's, you know it's a three thousand watt machine where you know you need 220 ball power to, to even run it so mo most people can't even run that in their house because you know you, you need you, a switch you, or whatever you, yeah you know you know dryer type outlet to actually run one of those um so the product that we sell now you know we specifically designed it in the sub 200 watt range uh, on purpose you know we wanted to limit how much power there is for for two reasons one um obviously to for people to actually be able to run in their house it's super quiet slow power um you can run it on your desk and you can barely hear it um and number two and this is kind of the more important aspect is we wanted to keep the power costs to a negligible level where most people won't see a hit on their power bill. Um, and the main reason we want to do that is we want to, I, like what you talked before about who our customers were, a lot of our customers are, you know, new Bitcoin users that, you know, learned about Bitcoin and then they've learned about the technology layer and, you know, a high level, um, but are dabbling into what, how Bitcoin is run and what it means and, and how the infrastructure is, is built. Um, and they want to participate in it. I really um, want one of these. So, obviously, like the first question you get is, is what's the ROI on the device? And and that's that's the question that you know I've been thinking a lot about on how to answer and and why I built the product uh, on where it is. Is we have to get away from that narrative, you know. We have yes. to get away from Bitcoin mining being just about profits. And ROIs and and essentially mining USD, right? That's that's what these big companies are doing. That's that's what these big institutional players are doing. Yeah, they're mining. They're not mining Bitcoin. They're mining US dollars. And and at the bottom line, you know, they're they're beholden to their investors. They're beholden to all these institutional players. That's that's really all they care about. And obviously, I'm you know. At least it's my opinion, but you know, front face, you know, they say they're helping to decentralize the network. You know, that they, they, they want to participate in this, and and they are. You know, a lot of these players. No, but Bitcoin will die. Bitcoin will die if mining becomes a hundred percent institutionalized, because institutional right. mining is just supposed to be a service for Bitcoin. And what I mean by that is, the value of Bitcoin came from the fact that we were all mining on our computers. The fact exactly. that this was a de this is a decentralized network of people that are running their own, use spending their own electricity costs on their own computers at home or their own devices like yours, individually 
And then collectively, you know, we say vires innumeris, strength in numbers, collectively. And so mining at an industrial level is very great because it definitely secures the network. It gives us a huge increase in capability of, of, of the difficulty. The difficulty goes up, the amount of terahashes hashes on the network right, increases right. and everything. So it's great for, for the security of the network, but it's not great for like the why and the value of this whole thing. And if that's lost, then they're all just mining nothing. Yeah. And, you know, in the early days, well, and at least that's why I got into Bitcoin. You know, I got into Bitcoin the first time was around the 2011. Um, you know, when I ran the software, wow. I didn't care about the power cost of what it ran through on my computer to, to mine Bitcoin. You know, most of the early adopters, they were there. Nice. They, tru- they truly believed in in what Bitcoin means. And, you know, it was really cool to be able to run the software. And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, look, at I'm mining Bitcoin right now. I'm, and that's another thing that really inspires people. What we've seen from our customers is that we see... Uh, People are way more engaged in Bitcoin when they understand the fundamental technology behind it and what it means to mine and what it means that you're participating in the network, you're securing it, you're, you're doing this transaction processing. And, you know, a light bulb goes off in their heads and it's, it's really cool to see. We get emails all the time like, wow, I didn't know this world existed and, and, and you've opened this up for me. And it's a really powerful message. And, and that's the message that Satoshi originally put out that was lost when Bitcoin mining was pushed out um, and it became inaccessible for most people. Um, so that's that's the kind of core value we're trying to bring back into, into the ecosystem where you have not just, you know, thousands. Like right now, Bitcoin mining, most people don't know, it's it's controlled by less than a thousand mines right sure. now. Yeah. Um, there's less than a thousand players in the space. Them control, on the show. Yeah, that, that control a major majority of, of the hash power. Um, so we need to flip that where it's it's not a thousand huge players, but millions of small players. Uh, and when we get to that stage, like you said, you know, right now, great, we need it. We need to secure the ha- we need to secure the the hash rate. And make sure it's high enough where there's no evil actors that can come in and easily manipulate it. Um, but going forward, once you know Bitcoin becomes more adopted, we need to make sure that these centralized entities are put in check. You know, where there's no yes. government that can come in and be like, oh, okay, here's a hundred people that I can bring together in a room and that that's control the biggest 50%. problem. Right. Yeah. They control 50% of the network and be like, all right, we're gonna start doing uh transaction uh censorship on, on all the blocks. And you guys have to have to do it and they can easily do it if you know if, if they wanted to, if they could get, you know, a major majority of the hash power together in one room, which is easy to do right now. Absolutely. And then if you have, you know, a million people that have, let's say, 10 terahash machines, that would be a huge portion of the hash rate where, you know, you can't go after a million people. Um, and, and that's that's the power of the Bitcoin network. And that's the whole original vision and, and where we need to get to again, eventually. If you look at the Bitcoin network and proof of work, like you said earlier, there's like the three and it kind of I look at it almost kind of how I learned about how the American government works, the checks and balances, right? You have the legislature, you have the right. Congress, and you have the presidency or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's like words for it, but I didn't pay attention <laughs> to that class. <laughs> we, were, we were doing Bitcoin stuff. Um, but Bitcoin's, like you said, the same way. You said, you said wallet, 
right? So I look at it as the holders, and that that's that's thirty percent of the power right there. Anyone who's holding right. long term, you have you have nodes, nodes, and that's I actually put nodes and businesses in the same category because, as you said, the separation of the of the software nodes are run by exchanges, by businesses. There are actually node running services that will run nodes for you on eighty different blockchains or right. your centralized exchange or broker dealer or whatever you operate a financial services company within our space you have to be running nodes so that's one aspect of the industry one of the most vocal the business part of the industry that's the node and then you have the miners who are very quiet but like you said that to me the mining industry the industrialization of it the centralization of it there's a big fear now internally We'll, we'll always make sure that even if there is only a thousand of these mines across the world, the, the, you'll always have a knowledge that they're all mining this Bitcoin thing and their need, the, main, the integrity of the system needs to maintain you know, its honesty or else the whole system collapses, it loses all its value. So they'll hopefully be honest with each other. But like you said, that seems like if there was someone who wanted to take down Bitcoin because it's the next Web 3.0, along with all of crypto, it's the next whole decentralized internet as we look at it, that seems like it's the easiest the easiest people to go after. Yeah, and I'm, you saw the whole, you know, FUD with China and, and, and energy and, and all of that. And that, that kind of brought mine to the limelight. And I'm glad that happened. You yeah. know, I said early on when, when China banned Bitcoin mining, this, this was an awesome, you know, this could be, this is the best thing that could happen to Bitcoin right now. When you know most people, you know, took that news as a negative news back then, um, and it's cool that you know the network got decentralized in that aspect where you know fifty percent or more of the hash rate was in China, and now it's way more distributed across the globe, which is oh, great. Thank you, China. Um, but again, it's 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 being distributed in in more centralized entities, you know. So like right now, the big push is. Um, you know, you know, all these companies working with big gas and big oil, um, oh, yeah. and you know, which is a no, there's, there's a noble cause there and it definitely helps in terms of the industry and CO2 emissions and, and all this wasted gas, um, that's being utilized in, in a way better way. Um, but again, we're, we're shifting that power to, to big gas and big oil. It's like, do we want? Bitcoin mining to to be put in the hands of no. these huge conglomerates that have destroyed the world in the past couple of decades, and, and we're handing it off to Bitcoin. Um, but it's human nature you know, too. Those same it, conglomerates will also try to prevent you from selling your Bitcoin miners to individual people like right, me. They're right. the ones who are going to lobby the rules. They're going to lobby yeah, the and, government and, and, for their own business interests. And it's crazy, and it's it's good that you mentioned that. But that that's that's essentially what's what's happening with us. Um, and I mean, I, I I we could do a whole episode on this, but there there's intense pressure um, on, especially on the payment side, on the business side of of censoring and stopping any Bitcoin related companies from succeeding. Um, so we worked with uh, Shopify, Stripe. PayPal um, to do, you know, a lot of our transaction processing. And we've pretty much been banned and shoved off really? all of those platforms. Yeah. Um, and the only response we've, we've gotten from them is that uh, we don't support, uh, you know, crypto harbor related businesses. Um, and, you know, they, they, they 
put this blueprint of, of it's high risk. It's like, listen, I, the way I've run my company, you know, I, I'm the core principles of my company is, is, is who I am as a person. You know, it's, I'm actually out here to, to help people. And I, you know, I'm not running future, but pretty much as a, as a nonprofit. Um, so I'm not here to make a shit ton of money. I'm not doing, you know, what those crazy early days, ASIC companies were doing where they're creating massive pre-orders where they can fulfill, you know, we do pre-orders and that's, that's how we, we, we operate as a company, but, um, it's very methodical. I make sure we're able to produce all the products that we say we produce. And, you know, we're on our third batch right now. So, um, anyway, long story short, our risk is almost zero. Like we have almost no returns, which is just a testament of, you know, our, our consumer, our, our customers loving our product. And number two, we have almost zero chargebacks, which is the main factor that these credit card companies do to knock someone off their network. Um, so that, tells you that there's something going on behind the scenes where it's like, why are you yeah, there's denying service to, to this, to the successful business that's bringing you, you in, you know, thousands of dollars of revenue. Um, yet you, you don't want them on your network. So it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy what's going on and how, you know, there's backhanded ways of centering this industry and, and, and controlling it uh, under their own narrative, you know? Sorry to interrupt your regular scheduled programming, but I wanted to tell you guys that if you're using PancakeSwap, Uniswap, DYDX, SushiSwap, you're doing it wrong. You need to be using PowerSwap because PowerSwap is a user interface, a decentralized smart contract platform that sits on top of all of these. And when you go to PowerSwap or untoldstories.link forward slash PowerSwap, because they're refunding your gas. If you go there, then you'll be able to, on top of Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain and Polygon look for the best prices for your tokens and swap and do everything in one predefined transaction on chain. Instead of having to do the approval to this token, to that token, to do all these different things, Paraswap does it all for you. It's decentralized. They just released their API version five that you can see everything. It's all open source. Very cool stuff. Untoldstories.link forward slash Paraswap. If you're using any of the other decentralized protocols, you're doing it wrong because you need to be using the routing, beautiful Paraswap routing system, and it's fully decentralized too. It's gorgeous. I'll talk to you guys soon. If you control Bitcoin mining, there was definitely, if you control Bitcoin mining, you can, you can, can attempt to control Bitcoin. Um, right. And you can try to rein it in and you can say to all the Bitcoiners, hey, yeah, you think this thing is, you know, your own opted out financial system, but we actually, all the mining industries is, is uh, regulated now. And just wait, within five years, I guarantee you'll see the first governments forcing the miners in that country to start doing blacklists, to start being able to clean Bitcoin, sanitizing, all that bullshit. The, the whole KYC things on yeah. Bitcoin mining financial you know, services that, 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 that thank God got shut down, you know, uh, for now. But that does not mean it's not going to come back in in way more full force in, in the future. Um, and and that's 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 a that's a big risk, and that's a big risk. Everybody that's involved in risk in Bitcoin needs to understand. Um, Bitcoin is run at at the basic level by whoever processes these blocks. And whoever processes these blocks can say what transaction goes in it and what does not. Um, and if that does not remain a decentralized nature, it will 
hamper the future growth of Bitcoin. And, and that needs to be combat. And, you know, my company is one way to do it. There's millions of other ways to get involved. How do I get one? Is there uh, a pre-order? Yeah, yeah, we, we have our third batch pre-order. Um, it's on futurebit.io if you want to check it out. Um, but again, it's I I hope I'm one of many, right? I, I don't. I'm the only one doing this right now because it's it's obviously a, a cutthroat business, and and you know there's very little money in it. Um, but but more people have to get involved, and whether that's even just buying Raspberry Pi, running a full node. And buying, you know, an ASIC off eBay, you know, you're still doing the same thing, right? And, and more people need to do it. As long as there's, like, as long as some people are mining on their own, then that scenario where the government says, hey, you know, blah, 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 the real Bitcoin community could potentially fork itself, even if it's smaller. And, you know, like, it's just, there needs to always be a percentage of non-industrial mining to protect us. Right, and, 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 and ideally over that 50% threshold, right? Um, that, that would be ideal. Um, again, it's, it would be, take tens of, it would take pretty much the entire Bitcoin user base to mine for that to happen yes. at this point. That's really how good high side the hash rate is. A really good side effect of the Apollo 2 that I just realized, I remembered um, growing up, they used to be able to figure out who was growing weed and they do raids. You know how much of our taxpayer dollars went to raiding right. people's houses for growing weed? It's so, so fucking stupid. But growing up, they'd raid people's houses for growing weed. And they'd know because their heating bills were a lot higher in the summer. So almost your Apollos, not only where the data, as soon as it leaves your home, the ISP can't differentiate Bitcoin mining versus, you know, your pornography or whatever the hell else you're doing on your computer. But not only that, but now because the power level is under a certain threshold, it's almost hard to differentiate Bitcoin mining from a power level too. You're right, really yeah. like I mean, saving in us. Term, yeah, in terms of, of power, it's like running a desktop computer. So, you know, no one can have any reason to raid your house because you're running a 200 watt machine, right? So that, again, we've that, seen that's happen that, over the years, right. Bitcoin mining, you know, get raided or whatever. How do you oh, think yeah. um, Satoshi would view the mining industry like today, like right now, if you looked at it? I think he would be appalled, Yeah, you know? Um, I, I mean, Bitcoin is going so fast. It, it has, and and that's that's part of the problem. Um, it's it's a great problem to have, but again, you know, a lot of institutional money has been pouring in into I believe the wrong places. Um, and it's great for growth. It's great for adoption. Um, but going forward, there needs to be a lot of focus on education and educating. You know. People that download Coinbase, they have, you know, a fraction of a Bitcoin on their account. That's not Bitcoin, right? That's Bank 2.0. Yeah, it's like, why, why are we building Bank 2.0 and pushing all these services that are very easy for any individual to run on their own off to these centralized institutions? And, you know, obviously our, our core product is, is mining, but especially for the Bitcoin version um, that we just released this year, we focused not just on the mining aspect, but we, we our controller and there's essentially a desktop controller. Um, so you can run, you know, the latest version of Ubuntu on there and plug in a monitor and use it as a computer. Oh, um, nice. So did, they're not just paperweights yeah. anymore. Right. And so we did that on purpose. 
so it's so it wouldn't just be a miner that you know sits on your desk and becomes obsolete in two to three years. It's also a computer. It's, oh, it's awesome. yeah, it's a it's a computer that you can run a full node and run any Bitcoin application on top of it. Um, so again, like those three pillars that I mentioned in the beginning, th- this device kind of brings that back into a single device that has never been done before. Um, so you know, you're, you're running your wallet, you're running your full node. You can install a Lightning app on top of it. Um, so you cool. can ins- you can install a Block Explorer. Um, so you know, when you go to these centralized websites that track your transactions that you're putting into a Block Explorer, you know you're doing it yourself on your own node where no one can see what you're doing. No one can censor your transactions and, and you're, you're, you're doing Bitcoin how it should be done on the individual level. Um, that's, that's the point of Bitcoin. Bitcoin was never designed to be run by centralized entities. Yes. I agree. It's supposed yes. to be run by individuals. And we need to go back to that narrative, especially, you know, people like you and influencers where, you know, they're, it's like I see my Twitter feed all day. It's sure. it's all about price. Like it's like, come on, guys. Like that's Bitcoin is not about the price. Bitcoin is about the technology. And people need to understand the power of the technology that runs Bitcoin. And people need to understand that they can empower themselves by running this technology on their own. Um, and and we need to get back to that narrative. Well, as the world gets tighter and more controlled. And global financial systems do, and the web does too. You're going to see a huge influx of people buying hardware and being able to run their own nodes, because as long as Bitcoin always has that ability for you to control your own keys, and there's no way on the network for anyone to differentiate anyone else, and no one can freeze it, and no one can can control it, and it's 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 remaining as decentralized as it ever is. And I agree with you. It it remains Bitcoin and the reason that we got into this thing in the first place. But if we go right. down the route is Bitcoin becomes this institutional back and forth thing, then kind of like, oh, it was a great experiment. I'm, I'm moving on. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and that's that's the big push, right? So they're trying to push, all these big institutions are trying to push the, the Bitcoin-based layer to become this obscure, hard fuzzy thing that most people don't understand and you know it's run like how you know the bank wire network is run right now that that's where they that's at least that's how i see it sure. that, that's their end goal um so you, you you only transact bitcoin through these second layers and, and not even lightning just centralized second layers yeah. which, which is even more dangerous um so that you know Bitcoin needs needs to to remain how it is right now, and, and people need to understand that they need to run the base layer. And that's that's what other important. coins are. What other coins are people mining? Proof of work coins, Litecoin, things like that. Uh, yeah. So right now, the the big three proof of work coins are are, are Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin, um, or Dogecoin, if, if you want. <laughs> you know, since they're they're on the <laughs> same network, um, th- those are the big three right now. Do you think if I, I'm still not sold on Ethereum and the difficulty bomb, Ethereum moving away from proof of work, how do you kind of see that play out? And what is actually happening yeah. there? I mean, that, that's that's a hard one. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm a proof of work guy. I, I believe in that Same. type of consensus uh, algorithm. Um, you know, obviously, Ethereum was always supposed to go to proof of stake. So, you know, yeah, you can't really fault them for, for going there. Um, and, and that, you know, that's, that's going to be a good experiment to see how it works out, especially in a coin that's, you know, a, a, you know, number two coin. 
um, you know, you're shifting that that consensus layer from from miners to to the stakeholders, right? To the people that actually own Bitcoin, that actually own Ethereum. Um, so those are the guys that are going to be validating the chain. Um, now, whether that's more secure or or safer, you know, that's that's up for debate. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sold, like you said, uh, either or. For a long time. Um, but, you know, you could argue that, you know, the holders of Ethereum are the ones that will want to secure the network and they have the most to lose, right? So it, it makes sense on a high, you know, you know level. level. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of, of how that will play out, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, that's, that's definitely to be determined. Sure. Should there be, should there be any regulations when it comes to mining at all? Uh, no, no. Um, I have to agree with you because I look at it as, as a technology again, it's, thing. It's, it, especially when you say regulations, I mean, the only thing I see regulated would be, the transaction processing, you know, the, yeah. the actual blocks of mining, right? That that's what would be regulated. Or you know, you can't really regulate. You know, you're not going to regulate someone's ability to, you know, yeah, obviously right. big big farms, you know, might be regulated where you can't expand the farm or you you know, you can only use a certain number of kilowatts uh, at a certain location. Um, you know, that's fine. That would definitely help. You know, our narrative. Um, but in terms of of regulating um, far, you know, miners and transaction processing. That, that's that's a very dangerous slope. You know that that's where we get to. That's where we get the end of censorship. Yeah, exactly. A, a Bitcoin. Um, so that's that destroys Bitcoin, in my opinion. So we we have to be very careful there. Are your are your customers? Is it are you looking at Americans uh, solely or is it global? No, it's global. So about sixty percent of our customers are in, in the U.S. right now. The rest are global. Um, That's a good number. Global. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So I, again, you know, the, the, this this goes this whole narrative goes with everything. It, you know, it it has to be decentralized on the individual level. It has to be decentralized on the global scale. Um, you know, let's say one country somehow figures out how to to ban all all miners through through decentralized yeah. networks. By you know banning IP packets or whatever, um, you know some other country has to pick up that slack. So it's it's important that you know it's it's both on a global scale and an individual. It's it's really it's really such a beautiful thing. And I look at a, I actually have one of the proof of work uh, equations on my whiteboard in my office in the other room. But if I look at all of Bitcoin, proof of work is such a beautiful invention, uh, and how it really will affect so many so many things in the long term um i really can't understand why why proof of stake would even need to be something to be worked on and and i've talked about it on so many episodes over the years but i'm still not sold yeah and and the thing with with proof of stake right the the other negative of it is it requires you to to actually be really embedded in in the system own ethereum you oh, know, yeah. own a lo- large number of it you know so once i mean it's great that they've waited this long to do it um because at least you know there's there's millions of users um but 
once they move to proof of stake, that pretty much cuts off all new users um, to, to participate in the, in the network. That, and that's what we've been talking and, and about. And, and that's the good. That's the good part of, of Bitcoin and proof of work is that you don't need to own any Bitcoin. You can hear about Bitcoin and be like, "Oh, cool! I don't own any Bitcoin, but on day one, I, I can participate in the network like any other person and fully participate in the network." Right? You can download the wallet. You can download the node. You can mine. And you're fully part of the ecosystem. You're earning Bitcoin. You're part of it. Um, then once Ethereum goes to proof of stake, that pretty much cuts off that type of person. Um, you know, they can buy some Ethereum, but they can. It's permissioned. Not, yeah, they can't participate in it. Sure, they can, you can participate in, in these, you know, staking pools where, you know, you, you put in all Ethereum and you're part of the the staking pool. Um, but again, staking is being pushed to decentralized entities where other people control, you know, the Ethereum, other people control staking. Um, and that again, goes against the whole narrative. That's why it's permissioned. You come in, you need permission to do it. It's, I completely agree with you. Um, I love these Apollo miners. They're beautiful. So I'm looking at now at, at futurebit.io and, um, for $800, uh, you can get the full package and it's a Bitcoin ASIC miner a desktop computer running a full node, um, batch three, this is for, for less than a thousand dollars. I mean, you need, if we had just thousands of these out in the world, you'd be able to counteract, you know, tens of thousands of them, you'd be able to completely counteract that institutionalization of mining hundred, a hundred percent maintain that checks and balances. It's so important. Is there, um, what's the current runway if I order one now, because I'm about to do one. Uh, so we're uh, we're starting production on the third batch right now. Um, obviously, we're we're beholden to the whole I see shortage like everybody else. Um, we're trying to navigate that. Um, we've been for our size, you know, and, and our production runs, we've been doing pretty well. Um, but we can't pinpoint exact ship dates yet. Um, so we're we're just we have a big fuzzy key for awesome. shipment. So hopefully, hopefully these will go out by end of the year. Um, that's that's the current estimate. We should awesome, be able to ship fair. before Christmas. So, yep. It's mining Bitcoin on Christmas. I love it. John Stephanopoulos, yeah, yeah. Future of Bit. Thank you so much for coming on Untold Stories today. I really wanted to hone down on this message, and it's been very difficult for me to actually find someone uh, 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 to be able to, to bring this out because, like I said, we were talking about this whole mining world is going one direction. Um, folks like yourself, I have some other. We had actually... There's there's actually a, a a crypto mining conference in Texas in February that I think I'm supposed to be speaking at a Bitcoin mining conference actually it's uh, so if you wanna if you wanna come we'll talk about it after the show um, should be oh, it's ch- run by Crypto Mining uh, Scott offered he was my first Untold Story sponsor I, I, I was down at the uh, the Bitcoin conference in Miami so I, I go to a few of these conferences here oh nice so, uh, awesome cool man well I'll take thank you for coming on Untold Stories and I'll talk to you later yeah it's a pleasure.